Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. This is a space we're going to share the gospel, aka the good news, to anyone who has a vulnerability to pull up a chair at Jesus' table with no reservation needed. Good evening, Julie. Good evening, Devin. How how are things over in the big city tonight? The big city, they are good. I mm-hmm. just got back from a lake trip with some friends. Oh, nice! So that was nice, just the bob in the water and the you sunshine. You are just a, a vacationing fool, aren't I you? I know what's gotten into me. I don't just know. Got bit by the travel bug. Just living that privileged life, I guess. That's, yeah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Great. No, um, my thirtieth birthday obviously was this past you know, early August mm-hmm. and Katie just loves to celebrate. So I we've been, you know, doing a birthday tour for myself Good. from Florida <laughs> to, to Norris Lake. And we also are going to have, we're going to end it with a grand finale at my parents' pool. That uh, sounds here fun. In a couple weeks. Yeah, <laughs> so that's great. I'm really taking 30 and just running with it. <laughs> it's just the beginning, Devin. So enjoy it. Enjoy it while you can. That's awesome. I bet it was beautiful this weekend and, and nothing better than being with friends. Nothing better. And um, when I was just basking in the sun, Julie, I know that you were having a little bit of a rough week here. Had a, I did. I was, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. Have you ever heard that expression? I was doing some weeding in my dad's yard and um, touched my face. Hmm. Devin's looking at me right now and I've got poison ivy all over the left side of my face. Had the had a shot in the butt the other day, feeling so Oof. much better, feeling like a steroid queen this evening. So you should have like oven mints on each hand to help I know. <laughs> keep just me pat from, at the yes. at the itch and don't scratch. A lot of weird, a lot of strange scratching going on. Yes, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but no, we're jumping into it tonight. Um, very excited about this scripture. Heading into football season. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, you gosh. Smell it. You're starting to smell it in the air. Football yes. season is among us. Sports seasons. I hate this period of of like late July and August where there's nothing going. Okay, there's baseball, but. Well, the Reds. The, do, yeah, they, do they count? The Reds. No. They don't yeah, count right no, now. So with that being said, I'm excited to be excited about sports. Yeah, I am too. Um, I love football. I love football season. I'm very excited for the Bengals this year. But mm-hmm. I was thinking about uh, Tim Tebow, you know, the other day, um, especially in regards to the scripture we're going to look at, Philippians mm-hmm. 4.13. So I thought it would be great for us to take a look at that scripture since it's kind of, you know, been hijacked by athletes. So really, before we get started, Devin, I think what we need to do is set this up and talk about how context means everything, especially when we're reading scripture. I mean, have you ever known anyone to take like pieces of scripture, take the words out and use them in a way that it just wasn't ever meant to be used? Yes. It's called me being gay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, people call those clobber passages. That's a whole like we could do a couple weeks on that. Where people have taken those scriptures out of context. Mm-hmm. And use them against people to hurt and to yeah. keep out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so our goal tonight, you know, is not to hijack this favorite verse of everyone. Everybody loves Philippians 4.13. Yeah. Right. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. It's a great verse. But I think we've equated it too much with athleticism. Agreed. At least and that's what I thought it was the whole time. Yeah. Physical and strength. Yeah. And I, and it's so not that. Um, it's even better. I was reminded of like 
there's this verse in Galatians, Galatians 5, 12. Paul has been writing to the church in Galatia, and he says this, I wish those who are disturbing you might also get themselves castrated. <laughs> now, the reason I mention that is like, harsh. it is very harsh, but what if that was my mantra that I was going to use for my entire life? If a man is walking down the street and he offends me, like I just pull out my axe and castrate him on the spot. Gone. Chop, chop. Chop. Yeah, Julie's chop, chop. <laughs> yeah. On 4th Street. And so, again, a bit of a stretch, but context is everything. And I want to talk about that today with Philippians 4.13. So, yeah, talk to me about your preconceived ideas on, on this verse. Yeah, so obviously being an athlete, I have always equated Oh, are this... you are you an athlete? <laughs> Was. <laughs> <laughs> what we call washed up. No, you're not. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Devin. <clears throat> so back in my prime, I should say. Okay. You are 30 uh, now. Yeah. Um, I always thought that this was, you know, I can do all physical things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all athletic feats through Christ who strengthens me. Never what the actual meaning is. Yeah, it's almost like it's alluding to superhuman strength. Yeah, like I, I just envisioned like Tim Tebow on the football field with it on his eye black. And to me, watching him on TV, I thought, oh, like he, you know, sources Jesus to, you know, be able to throw the ball 45 right. yards or whatever it is. Maybe we were selling Tim Tebow short. I, I don't know what his actual understanding of the verse yeah. is or was. But I'm with you. I kind of felt the same way about the verse that I can do anything. I could, you know, I could ace this exam or I could you know, do anything amazingly well because Mm -hmm. Jesus is going to empower me to do that. Yeah. Not to say that he won't, but that's not what this scripture is actually about. And I think it's a nice sentiment, you know, to give God a shout out. I think it's great. Like, you know, people win the Super Bowl or they win, you know, they say, I want to give a shout out to God and all that. That's, that's wonderful. That's, I'm not, I'm not dissing that, but that's not what this text is actually about. Maybe we should say that this is disappointing news for people. This is bad news if you're wanting it to mean that. But we're going to flip it. And Devin and I think it's even better. I think when we're all finished with this podcast, you'll have a better uh, understanding and see it in a better light. Yeah, maybe a deeper appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, so why don't um, you set the scene, Julie? Oh, okay. I can do that. Do you want me to do that? Wait, let me let me scratch my neck. You scratch which is, in first. Yeah, I got to scratch for a second. Um, yep. So there we go. Okay. <laughs> the Poison Ivy wants to be a part of the podcast tonight. Um, yeah, so if you have your Bible and, and you're not driving and you're just sitting and listening, if you want to turn to the book of Philippians, it's in the New Testament. So go there or go to your index. Don't ever be embarrassed to go to the front of your Bible and find the page number or something like I that. I still do that. And probably will always do that. It's okay. Yeah. If you want to go to Philippians, you can do that. Uh, but let me give you a little bit of background uh, as to what's happening here. The The author of this letter to the church in a little town called Philippi is a guy named Paul. And we talk about Paul a lot in church circles. And sometimes I make an assumption that people know who I'm referring to. So, Devin, I want to give a little bit of background about Paul real quick. Um, Please. Long story short, he was a cold-blooded killer. Um, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I hate to even say that, but it's true. He was like the best Jew ever. And he loved uh, wearing that moniker. 
He loved being known as a rule follower. And so he hears that this, you know, this rabbi who had died, this rabbi named Jesus is, is growing in popularity and he's got quite a following. And Paul says, this isn't going to do. Uh, we got to keep the Jewish tradition alive. Um, so he's just out killing Christians. He happens to be traveling to a town called Damascus one day, and he's literally blinded from the light. And uh, Jesus makes himself known to Paul. And it's really in this moment, he changes his name. His name was actually Saul before that. He changes his name from Saul to Paul, and he becomes the greatest missionary the world has ever known, period. It's beauty from ashes, Devin. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It really is. Um, So what's happening here is Paul has written a letter to this church in Philippi. And the bad part is, is while he's writing this letter, he's in, he's in prison in Rome. So things are not going well for him at all. Like Devin, the conditions of the prisons in Rome were awful. Hmm. Like if you were imprisoned in Rome, it was just assumed you're not going to get out. I mean, if the disease, the infection, I mean, you were probably bound to die there. But also another interesting thing was that if you were in prison in Rome, the prison was not in any way, shape, or form bound to dress you, to feed you, to do any of those things. Their goal was just to keep you chained up. So you had to rely on the kindness of others to come and bring you fresh clothes and to bring you food. Mm. So... Paul ends up writing, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but he obviously wasn't an athlete because he got caught. <laughs> he just can't run fast enough. <laughs> that was good. Right. That he finds good. himself literally chained to a wall in a Roman prison. And whether he pens the article himself or someone writes it for him, we don't know. But he, he writes this letter. And so here we go. That's kind of the backdrop. We have to understand that context before we can really understand the beauty of this passage. So Devin, do you want to like, do you mind doing some reading for us? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, If you guys are following along at home, chapter four of Philippians, starting with verse 10. Paul says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that you've renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need for, I have learned to be content whatever their circumstances. Uh, stop right there before we even go any further. Have you ever been, have you ever, are you a complainer, Devin? I can complain with the best of them if I'm in the mood. You're pretty good. Like, I'm going to call Mama <laughs> Kel and uh, just ask her this question. Like, what kind of child was Devin? Was she oh, a big man. whiny butt baby <laughs> complainer? That would be an interesting, let's dial her up. Let's dial her up. Uh, yeah. I think I know what Kelly would be saying right about now. Go ahead. So friends, we're actually making a phone call to Devin's mother to see what kind of complainer she was. Hello? Hey, Mom. You're on the podcast. Hi, Kelly. I am. Why am I on the podcast? <laughs> it's just going to be a quick little snippet. Like, what are you, what are, what are you going to ask me? <laughs> it's a- the question is, Mom, was I a whining butt as a kid? Oh, my goodness. Uh, yes. Okay. There you have it. <laughs> okay. What else you need to know? Do you have a specific example? Um, ages 2 through 18. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mom. I love you so much. Thanks. Love you, too. Bye. Bye. There we have it. You were a whiner. Well, I, 
as much as I wanted to say I wasn't. I wonder what you complained about as a child. I, w- I had every right to complain. I had to share everything with a twin. Okay, I had zero right to complain. I had a great life. <laughs> <laughs> this is a major personality flaw that we have yeah, found in Devin Beasley. Yeah, I was Beasley. Fu- just fine through my childhood. What a brat. <laughs> Jody and I shared clothes. We shared a bed. We shared, like, we had to share everything. Totally got on my nerves. I was such a whiner. I'm just going to say this very plainly, Devin. I don't know if you're going to be offended by this since you were a whiny butt when you were a kid. <laughs> but... I think if you've ever complained in your life about a situation, even just one time, you've never learned what it means to be content, whatever the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And yep. Paul is saying, I have learned, he said this in verse 10, I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. Hmm. I mean, Paul's saying, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have a lot. You know, I, I have learned the secret of being content, whether I'm well-fed or I'm hungry. I mean, how many people can actually say that? That and have that type of peace, even when you're at the bottom of the bottom in your life or when shit's hitting the fan and you are sitting there saying, I'm good here. I'm content because I have Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, that's exactly what he says here. Who says that? Who who can get to that point and not like have, be woe is me or, I mean, obviously I was a great you know I mean obviously I had a great childhood but it'd be interesting if I could like talk to my four-year-old self and be like Mm -hmm. hey Devin there's people starving Mm -hmm. you're fine yeah yeah (laughs) you know what I mean like yeah in our limited world view right you know I think have you ever heard people talk about third world problems oh absolutely versus first world problems yes as someone took a video camera to like an impoverished town in Africa or village and had little kids repeat the complaints that we say here no in America. Way. Like, I hate it when my, um, you know, when my USB cord isn't long enough. A good family friend of mine, uh, she has this, what they call a mud pie, I believe it's what it's called, framed in her kitchen. They got it from a third world country, and it's what the kids eat there. They get all this mud stuck together, eat it when they're hungry. Mm-hmm. And then it also makes them sick like five hours later mm-hmm. because of, you know, all the bacteria that's in that. And she has that framed in her kitchen as a mm. reminder every day. That's powerful. Of how privileged we are. Yeah. And how content we should be. Yes. I love that story. I can imagine Paul eating that mud pie and saying, this might make me sick, but you know what? It's going to fill my belly for now and I'm good. Mm. Because it's like you said, at the end of saying, I know what it is to have a lot, to not have a lot, to be well-fed, to be hungry. And then there comes the mic drop where he says, you know what? I can do all of this through Christ who gives me strength. No mention of athletic ability at all. All right. Nothing about physical stamina or endurance or any strength. Nothing. No, nothing at all. Paul is in prison. And yet he sits down to write this letter and he says, you know, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I have everything that I need. And he's genuine about that. That's the crazy thing. This begs the question, Devin, like, how can he say it and mean it? That you're good no matter the circumstances. Is it that he's so full of this love of Christ, like that he, or that he met Jesus and that has made all the difference in the world? Like nothing else compares to that. So yeah, he's happy with anything. How is how does he get that way? I don't know, but I would like a little dose of that type of peace. 
because I mean, let's, let's just have an honest conversation for a moment, Devin. Like we are part of a culture that is just not content. Never would we be content. It's always the next big thing in our life. And I think the sense of entitlement is at an all time high. Have you noticed this? (sighs) Have I ever? I went to coach basketball in Missouri and maybe I wasn't far enough removed from my playing days, but it just stood out to me like no other. I saw tons of entitlement of these kids who are getting their tuition paid for to play basketball and they didn't want to be there or they thought they were too good to respect a coach. Just crazy. It's taking over. It's a me-oriented world. I mean, teaching nowadays. Oh, don't even get me started. Yeah, teachers teachers get disrespected and, you know, administration doesn't stand up for them now because it's, you know, the kid is always right type of culture we're in. Or the parent or... Yeah, yeah, the parents. Not my kid. No, no. Yeah. (laughs) And and my kid deserves this or my kid deserves whatever. Let's talk about participation trophies. We want to talk about entitlement. We have gone down a rabbit hole here real quick, but let's give a Mm -hmm. shout out to all of our teacher friends out there that are listening. We love you. We got your back. Totally. Devin's mom is a retired teacher. My daughter, my sister, both teach. Got a lot of teacher friends. But yeah, we're living in this this culture where it's all about me. And I Mm -hmm. want the newest and the best. And uh, I want the latest and the greatest of everything. And and (laughs) I'm not saying that Paul ever used the F word. But I, th- I think that Paul would be like, are you guys effing crazy? Like, you don't understand what contentment is all about. Like, how are you not okay with everything that God's already given you? Mm. And I think we forget that we are most likely living the lives right now that we once prayed for before. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Because once yeah. we get the blessing, it's like on to the next blessing instead of sitting and cherishing what was given to us. It's like, okay, now God, I want this. Preach, babe. That's crazy. That's how we live. Yeah. You get the promotion and you're happy. You get the raise. And then it's like, okay, well, I make this much. Now I want to make this much more. Yeah. It's just always going to be the ladder that we're climbing until we can sit and say, I'm good. Like this is where God has me right now. And I'm okay with that. And, And there's nothing wrong. I don't, yeah, I think being present is, that's a huge word. There's nothing wrong with climbing the ladder of success and wanting mm-hmm. to do well in what you do. No, it's agreed. not about that. But look at where you're at right now. And be thankful for where you're at right now. Because you once wanted that. I read this somewhere and I really liked the the perspective that an author took on Philippians 4.13 where he says, you know, it's not a self-help verse. A lot of people treat it like it's a self-help kind of thing, but it's a die-to-self verse. Instead of living in the season of wanting more, it's it's like, I'm going to die to that and understand what you mm-hmm. just said. I'm going to be present right now and and like just be thankful for yeah. what God has given me in this moment. How often do we do that? Not though? enough. Not enough. I mean, I'm thankful that I have a computer that works, a microphone that works more so. I'm thankful that I have a friend who is on the other side of the oh. mic. What's her name? Like, oh, it's me, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, really. Um, I remember when I worked at Children's Protective Services and um, what I was exposed to and seeing uh, the neglect and the abuse that a lot of kids went through. I would, I would come home a lot and I'd look at Taylor and I'd say, "You need to be thankful that I'm your mother." 
<laughs> and, I, and like, and I'm thankful that I had my parents, the parents that I had. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Can we be thankful? Can we have that, that appreciation of the contentment and the gratitude? And you're right. I don't do it very much, Devin. I listen to, you know, a ton of different podcasts and a lot of them talk about how you should, the first thing you do when you wake up, not roll over and, and look at your phone or, you know, turn the TV on. First thing you should do is just list three things mm. that you're grateful for that morning. Yeah. And it just gets your mind in the right spot. Mm-hmm. And it helps you evaluate, you know, where you are in life and be content and grateful for that for that. I season. love what you just said. So here's what I'm going to do even right now. I'm going to yeah. tell everyone to hit pause on the podcast and do what you yeah. just did. Three things you're grateful for. Just pause it. Okay, we're glad you came back if you did that little exercise. Three things that you're grateful for. Paul, though, continues uh, after Philippians 4.13, and he tells a little bit more of his story. And I want to take a look at this um, real quick. And Devin, if you don't mind reading again, we'll pick it up in verse 14. So again, Paul is saying, whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether I have a lot or I don't have enough, it doesn't matter. I've learned to be content in all things because God gives me strength. And so he goes on in verse 14. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts, What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. To our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. So and here we have it, the secret to finding contentment. It is that God will meet our needs. And I think what our battle is really about here is it's a battle between wants and needs. One of my mom's favorite pieces of scripture was Psalm 23. She loved the entire Psalm. And I love it too. If you're not familiar with it, it's the one that says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And I was thinking about that word, Devin, want. We use that word all the time. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's really hard to talk to another person without using the word want. I mean, personally, I like... I do want good health for my family and friends. Like, I want that. I think that's a good thing. But as you look behind me on the Zoom call, I'd also like to have new carpet. I want new carpet in my living room. But I don't think those are the kind of wants that David is talking about here. Like, when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I think it reads better like this. If we were to go back to Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd and I have everything I need. And the rest of the Psalm, Devin, is a reinforcement of that. Like if you read through that psalm where it says he gives us rest when he makes us lie down in green pastures, that he gives us peace beside still waters, that he gives us health that restores our soul, he gives us guidance as he leads us, that he gives us courage as we face evil. But I think this is where we can get confused with the difference between our wants and Jesus's wants for Mm -hmm. us. Because once we get into our wants we could be preventing ourselves from what Jesus ultimately has in store. I, more so in the fact of 
when we start wanting things for ourselves, I want this new job. But what if Jesus was, you know, keeping you in this old job until a job that you didn't even know about opened Mm. up? Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Like our wants can get the best of us when we are not, you know, giving him the power to have his wants resonate through our lives. You know, I think about those things from Psalm 23 about rest and peace and health and guidance and courage. And I'm reminded of Glennon Doyle, what we talked about. Maybe it was in the very first podcast when we talked about that word crisis. You know, how a crisis has a way of sifting uh, life circumstances and kind of what we have left is what's most important. And I'm not trying to um, draw this out as much. It's just that it's it was such a big thing for us last year with mom's passing. And I know I've touched on it before, but that crisis really shook out those things mm-hmm. in my life that were the most important thing. And, and I can tell you that at the very end, you know, what uh, my family was really longing for in those moments, were we wanting rest? Absolutely. Did we need God's peace? Yes, we did. Were we praying for mom's health? Of course we were. You know, did we need guidance on how to best handle her situation? Yes. Did we need courage to face what was coming? Of course. I mean, we needed all those things. And Devin, like all those other wants of the world, wanting a new car, wanting a newer iPhone, wanting newer carpet, those things became irrelevant. It's not what it's all about. No. I mean, like... He wants to give me those things, which really no one else can provide me. Where else am I going to get it? I can't go to Kroger. There's no Amazon Prime for peace. Or contentment. And I think he's asking us, as a matter of fact, I think he's challenging us to take stock of where we're at right now. God is saying to us, I love you this much. This is what I've done for you. Are not these gifts enough for you? What I love about Paul is that, and Julie, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Most of the letters that he wrote, he always began, and it says here in Philippians uh, chapter 1, verse 2, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I just love that he started everything out with not even thinking about himself. He is so content in his life right now, in the midst of everything, that he can offer grace and peace to others first and foremost. I want that. I want that peace and that yeah. contentment. I'm not worried about if the Bengals win on Sundays. I'm not worried, I'm worried about... about that. I'm worried about the Ohio State Notre Dame game. I got to be honest <laughs> yeah. with you. You should be. I know, Let's right? Go Irish. But I totally get I, where you're coming from. He's living in yeah, squalor, like, you know? Yes. And I am sitting in this beautiful brand new house. And why do I have freaking worries? Hmm. I shouldn't. There's people, there's mud pies being consumed. Why do I have one worry? It's so silly. I want to be able to get to the point where I can say, I am good. And not only am I good, but grace and peace to you, Mm. friends. And actually mean it, right? And be genuine about it. Yeah. You know, we need to ask our listeners, you know, in what ways are you living in discontent? And where is God calling you out? Just like I think he's calling me out and... I know he's definitely calling out whiny but Devin on the other side (laughs) to take stock. I mean, but in all seriousness, like, can you echo the words of Paul who said, I know what it means to have a lot and I know what it means to have very little. I know what it means to be free. I know what it means to be chained to the walls and it does not matter. I can do any of that. I can withstand all of it through Christ who gives me strength. Especially those who may be 
listening who are going through, who are in the middle of a storm right now? Can you be content knowing that God's taking care of you? I remember one time, Devin, um, I heard this turn of phrase and I loved it, that God doesn't protect us from the storm, but he protects us in the storm. And so we really do pray for that peace for any of you and that contentment if you're struggling in any aspect of your life. And if you're human like us, you probably are. You know, Devin, when I think back over the past two plus years, um, it's been filled with so much, uh, so many ups and downs with COVID and whether it's been isolation, depression, anxiety, sickness, loss of a loved one. It, at the same time, even in our family's greatest loss, we experienced the riches of God the kindness of loved ones, as well as strangers. And so even in the midst of death and in difficult times, I can tell you that our family had everything that we needed, the love and the grace and the kindness. And when I look at that, then I have to say that I am rich indeed. Hmm. And I pray that all of you that are listening today, when you look at who God has brought into your life, the things that he's given you, Yes, they can be material things, but those things that are immeasurable, when we really take stock, can we be like Paul and say, you know, it doesn't matter if I have a lot or very little, I can do it all through Christ who strengthens me. I pray that contentment for you all this week and in the weeks to come. Amen. And may it be so. So can we be content this year if the Bengals do not make it to the Super Bowl again? Absolutely not. (laughs) So this... This verse applies to everything except for the Bengals, is what you're telling me. Yes. Oh, no, my God. I need a Super Bowl from my man, Joey B. So, Devin, let's pivot again for a second. We're going to do something a little bit different for next week, right? We're going to do an online poll. Yes. I'm kind of excited about this. So, Julie's going to create a poll on the Jesus That's Good News Facebook page. And we're going to put two different scriptures on there. And we're going to let you guys decide. Yeah, after this Wednesday's episode, you guys decide what we should talk about for next week. So that's pretty cool. Something different. Yeah, so that'll be exciting to see what you guys are wanting to listen to and dive into for next week's episode. And until then, if you guys like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. And if you don't like it, we are content because there's good news being put out. The zen in our voices. So on behalf of Julie and myself, here's to the good news. May we be it, may we seek it, may we spread it. So pull up a seat. There's no reservation needed. Be well, friends.